news of Jesus Christ. Come on, it's our new mission statement. Isn't that good? Anybody happy in the house today? I was happy, but I'm already tired. I was all sweating. Actually, I had my little towel there because I was just dripping of sweat, and I've got to play three times drums today and preach three times today. So that's the most I've ever done today. And I'm already tired, so please pray for me that I can go through this. But, you know, I'm talking about passion, and I will not give up. I'm a passionate person. Now, come on, give it up for Sophie. I mean, what a great worship leader she is. So much passion, and I love the way you flow, and it's just absolutely amazing. And then I just go with her, you know, like, whoa, you know. It's just awesome. I just love it so much. And welcome online. These two guys are good. The cowbell is a fun. I've got my cowbell fans, and then I got the ones who hate it, you know. And so I go with the ones who love it, you know. <laughs> my son doesn't like it. My son Jonathan, my own son, the fruit of my own loins, doesn't doesn't even like. Serious man, like come on, man. So I was like, you know, <laughs> you're with Jonathan. You're with Jonathan. Oh, okay. okay. Who is for the cowbell? Okay, who is against the cowbell? It's only you two. It's my family. Okay, here. Are you against the cowbell, Joe? Oh, this is so disappointing, Joe. <laughs> this is so bad. No, it's no problem at all. I don't care. I just love it. You know, I used to have chimes. I don't know where they are. They're somewhere. And I love the chimes, you know, like the... So next time I'll bring the chimes. See if you like those ones, you know. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, oh, let me start with something funny. Let me start with something funny. That was really funny. Don't worry about this one then. Don't worry about it. No, I will do. Okay, I want to start with something funny. And I heard about this young man who was talking to God. And he said, God, what is a million years like to you? And God says, son, a million years to me is like one second to you. He said, well, God, what is a million dollars to you? He said, well, son, a million dollars to me is like one penny, one cent to you. The young man thought for a moment and finally got up his nerve. He said, God, would you give me a penny? <laughs> God says, sure, just a second. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we've had Vision Day two weeks ago. If you haven't seen it, we would love you to watch that one. It's all online. And on uh, YouTube, YouTube is even more steady, just so you know, than Facebook. If you're watching online, uh, YouTube generally is steadier uh, than Facebook. But anyway, it's on all these uh, forums. It's really good. But Vision Day, and we, we had this new statement, right? Come on, let's put it up again. And let's say it all together really loud because I want you to be able to say this to anybody as your elevator speech. You know what it means, right? And two, three. <laughs> good. I gotta say, I was even counting in Dutch in the wrong way. One, two, three. Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Okay, and there was three key words with that. One, two, three. Okay, last week we talked about the presence of God, that we are a presence church, that we value the presence of God like we did this morning. We want to flow with the Holy Spirit. He is everything to us. We worship Him. We adore Him. We're passionate about Him. Everything comes from Him. We're all about the supernatural power of God. We're all about worshiping Him, giving Him all the glory, all the praise. It's all about Him. He is first. Amen? Always, always like this. So that's number one. That's really good. It says in Corinthians this, 1 Corinthians 8, 6. There is but one God, the Father, look at this, who is the source of all things. Of your life, of my life, of this church, any church. He is the source of all things. And we exist for him. 
and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom all things that we have, have been created and we believers exist and have life and have been redeemed through him. God is the source of all. Amen? This is what David says, my favorite person in the Bible, David. He says, Psalm 62, God said to me once for all, all, listen, look at it, all the strength, why don't we say it together, all the strength and the power you need flows from me. And again, I heard it clearly said, all the love you need is found in me. And the Almighty said, the greater your passion for more, the greater reward I will give you. All the love, and we're going to talk a bit about love today, all the power comes from him. The Bible says to that if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. He's already in us. But there's a sense of the manifest experiential presence of God. When we draw close, he draws close to us. Isn't that wonderful? The more passion you have for more. Do we have a passion for more? Do we have a passion for more of his love? Do we have a passion for more of his joy? Some of us can do with that, you know. Man, not this morning, but you know. And on this church. But maybe some others we know. Well, you know, more of his power, amen? It's all there, but we want to be manifesting this power in our lives. Well, out of his presence, so we've got presence, passion, and purpose. Out of his presence, we now work into, walk into the passion, that word passion. Now, one of the slogans, if you think this thing, I, think, I, I still hear myself with this lisp because of this thing in my throat, right? So just that so you know, I'm, I'm just aware of it. You don't even hear it, I know, but just sometimes with some words, I can't get it out very well, and so don't laugh at me. So when we talk about slogans, passion for God, compassion for people. It's one of our slogans. The other one is, my, my personal slogan I love, also slogan, <laughs> slogan I like, is um, we're growing sons and daughters, but sons is generic. We're growing sons to release the kingdom. That's another slogan that we have as one of our things. We're passion for God and compassion for people. Now, it's very interesting that we've looked at passion here and then, sorry, purpose, sorry, <laughs> presence here, passion here, and then purpose. And so the passion pivots. Pivots is a powerful statement. Catherine was just at the, at the uh, New Zealand Prophetic Council meeting, like a secret meeting that only very special, very <laughs> spiritual people get behind closed doors. Nobody can go except people who are invited pay a lot of money, you know, and uh, just kidding, just kidding, and, and anyway, Catherine was invited then, and we had this, this call. and he said you had a word about pivoting, and I thought, this is amazing, I've heard pivoting before, but this word passion pivots with all the three things that we're doing, it pivots toward we have a passion for God, it pivots toward we have a passion to reach people, which we do next week, but we also have a passion for ourselves, come on, tell yourself, I have a passion for myself, it sounds terrible, somebody say, I can't say that to myself, hey, a passion for myself, for my own growth. I have a passion for my own growth because I want to change from glory to glory. I want to be the best version of myself. I want everything that God created me to be. So I have a passion for personal growth. So the second one is passion for personal growth. Amen? So powerful. That's where we find our identity. The second one is all about identity. It's all about sonship. It's all about sons and daughters. It's all about who we are and who we are becoming. But it's not, in a, uh, it's not by yourself. We also become in community. Amen? 
That's why we did life groups together. We want everybody in this church to be part, connected with somebody. Because that's how you iron shape iron. You know, it's like we, we actually change because we are in community together. Amen? <clears throat> very, very powerful in this way. Far now, community together. Now, pa- passion is a powerful word. I love the word passion. It actually means passion is a strong feeling or emotion. Or it is an object of someone's love, liking, or desire. Like I have a passion for drumming. Passion for worship. Passion for God. Passion for this. Passion is a very strong feeling. Amen? It's 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 a deep love. It's a passion for something. Now, I want to talk about this guy in the Bible, his name is David, again, my favorite person in the Bible, and the reason why is this line, because God, uh, because David was a man after God's own heart, that's the main reason, and the reason why heart is very important here, so please listen to me, because that's what this whole talk is all about this morning, his own heart, Psalm 18, Lord, I passionately love you, I want to embrace you, for now you've become my power. Psalm 41, I mean, there's loads of them, but I just chose a few. Let all who passionately seek you erupt with excitement and joy over what you've done. Let all your lovers rejoice continually in the Savior, saying, come on, all together, how great and glorious is our God. You can hear the heart of David already, right? Psalm 57, my heart, O God, is quiet and confident. Now I can sing with passion for your wonderful of your wonderful praise awake my soul we sang the song before awake my soul with the music of his splendor song arise my soul and sing his praises see david has such a passionate relationship with god but you know why he had a passionate relationship was he just like me this crazy passionate because i'm quite a passionate person you know, I'm just like that. I go crazy on the drums. I go crazy in making love. I go crazy everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it. It's only for married people. Uh, so the thing is, though, I go crazy with everything. I go on a bike. I go crazy with the dog. I go crazy with everything. Because I'm a crazy person, right? I just love passion. It's just me. I have a, I have a passion for life. <laughs> right? <laughs> passion for life. Guys, this is normal. Why do you make such a big deal of it? When I say it, it's just, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Passion. I want that too. Get in. Can you give me lessons? Yeah, okay, I will give you lessons. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. It's like whatever. If, if you can't have joy in church, I don't know where you can have joy in church, you know. And it's good to be married, isn't it? Come on. It's good to be married. If you're single, find somebody and get married. No sex before marriage. No sick. No sex before marriage. Thank you very much. Or outside marriage. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Oh, now, where was I? Kathy, you distracted me, darling. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Calm down, man. Calm down. <laughs> I think we gotta talk about sex sometime here because these guys are all crazy here, you know. So. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So, so David's David's passion for God was because of God's passion over him. See, he had actually learned in the field when he was with his sheep to learn how to relate to God, and intimacy was birthed. All these years, God and him together. And that's why so many of the worship songs comes out of his life. It's so powerful what's happened. His, his passion for God was a response to God's love for him. Amen? 
And this shaped his identity. And that's where we're going next week. You can see the whole thing, can you? Presence, your identity is shaped by the presence and your identity in the Father as the Son. And then we're going to do some stuff. It's always presence, it's always for purpose. We're going to do something. We're going to slay a lion, slay a bear, we're going to slay Goliath, we're going to take the rubber, you know? Because God empowers us with his presence and we know who we are. And so we face Goliath. Amen? I think it's a great thing, you know, for our, that's, I think it's awesome. In this life. <laughs> but you know what I also like about the Psalms and with David, particularly David, is that they were so vulnerable. They were so honest. God, I'm really struggling. And he speaks to his own soul. Come on, soul, wake up or strengthen yourself. Come on, you know, because he's so, in his, he, on the highs and the lows, he knows how to relate to God. And God sees everything. It's like an x-ray in his life. And that's where we're kind of going a little bit this morning. Because the thing is, though, so many of us don't dare to be vulnerable. They don't dare to be open, an open book in their lives, to be real. But I'll tell you why it is what I believe anyway. I tell you why so many people don't want to vulnerable. Because we simply do not know our true identity in Christ. We really don't know how much he really loves us. We haven't really experienced the profound passion that God has for us. The unconditional love of God, which changes your whole perspective, which changes your whole life. And that's why we don't go to be like this, because God sees us anyway. You're just pretending. And that's what I love about our son's group, and, and, and Richard will say his testimony in a minute. But the thing is, though, the son's group is all about, hey, look at me. And we're all the same. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. You know, we love. You can do this stuff. You can say that. We can, have, we can be vulnerable. Because when we're vulnerable, we become strong. Because then God starts dealing with these things, not in condemnation, but out of love. And he brings us as sons into discipline and divine order and healing. And things start happening in and through our lives. Amen? Amen. So important. A lot of us know in our minds that God loves us. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes, I know the Bible tells me love. Okay, thank you, Lord, for loving me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. That one, John 3, 16. God loves us like this. But the thing is, though, it's because he loves me because he saved me, you know, from hell. So there's always a reason for something in this regard. You know? But we don't really know him for who he is. It's what he has done for us. Most Christians are here what he's done for us. Thank you so much. But that's why our hearts are not ravished. That's why our hearts are not really engaged. Because it, it, it is not really about, it's more like a thank you for what you have done for me. It's a works love. It's, it's a sacrificial love. But it's not a knowing love. I'm really sorry because Josiah talked last week. The knowing in the Bible is about knowing how a man and a woman knows one another in sexual relationships. I'm so sorry, but that's legal, right? There's a knowing. The, 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 the intimacy is so powerful, so strong, so deep. And that relationship, a lot of us in the church have no clue. And outside the church, even worse. They just think God is some kind of a whatever, you know? And so we need to be lovers of God that have been impassioned by Him, the heart of God. So important. David pursued the heart of God because God had pursued the heart of David and he allowed him to work in his life. 
few more minutes and I'll get uh, Richard to come up. I've wondered about this, um, <coughs> this passion word, passion, the word passion. And I looked up in the Bible yesterday, and you know, I can't find anything in the, in the Old or New Testament about passion in the area of love. Like God's passionate love for you. It's not there. If you find it, please tell me, because I've tried everywhere. The only translation is the passion translation. And that's why it's being knocked right now in the world, right now, knocked around. People say no. But write the passion translation, the missing link. The missing link is the passion of God for humanity. And that's why I love the passion translation. I use other ones too. I use New King James. I use all of them. But the thing is, though, there's something missing because the Bible is the love, the passionate love book of God to the world. But it's passionate. And so Reckless Love is a song that is passionate. What's the other song? He loves me. Oh, how he loves me. We've got Bethel going in the world, become famous in the world. He loves me. He lo there was something about, oh, he actually loves me. And not because of what he's done for me. We all have that. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. So long. It doesn't touch your heart, though. Oh, yeah, it's nice. But it doesn't touch your heart. And so we're missing something. What passion is used for in the Bible is the passionate lust of the flesh. Some negative. Even Jesus says, I have passion for my house. And so and then he whip, you know, whips everything, you know, because I've got a passion for my house. But never the word passion in the sense of love. And so love is then being interpreted through these various ways that we can see love in this thing. No greater love has somebody like this to lay his life down for his friends. We say, oh, how wonderful. And it's the most beautiful thing that Jesus died for me. It's the most wonderful, beautiful thing, expression of love when we die for a friend, right? But I'm really sorry, it's not intimacy. It's not intimacy. It's love. That's not intimacy. And so somehow we have connected passion with these things. Now in the Bible, passion in Latin, it's called passio. In Greek, it's called um, pathos. And it means two things. One is passionate love. The whole thing about a, a strong love, but also suffering. Right? We're going through it now. Easter, the passion. And so we see the suffering of Christ for us on the cross, which is absolutely beautiful. But the word passion is still connected to his suffering, his love for me, but he did something for me. Not just that he unconditionally loves me. That connotation is away from this whole thing. You can read it into it, but I want to suggest that we don't always do this though. And so we have a love of God, love God, love me, that is quite conditional. Okay, what the problem is with the whole thing, that's what I'm trying to say, is then the problem is that... Uh, with this love, then the connection is about you got to do something to love God. How much do you love God that he will really love you? Do we have to be something to be loved? That whole connotation is all part of it. You can read into certain parts, but it's not. That's why I think it's a real problem in this world he loves me just because he loves me did he have to die on a cross absolutely because he had to get the sin out of the way but that's what the thing he did for you to find you for you to find you but for you is not where we're going that's what happened it's gone it's done we come into, he loves you. 
unconditionally. He's a father who loves me. I'm his child unconditionally. And that is so beautiful. And this is where we find our true identity. This is where we find the true power to change. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit, the Father, just to love on us. Now, Richard is one of our trustees. And Richard, uh, we actually started uh, Bible college together like 25 years ago, whatever. I don't know how long ago. And, uh, and also he leads, he's one of the leaders of the, uh, the Sons uh, group with about 30 guys that are actually going, going here with this whole thing of vulnerability and people's lives are being recklessly changed. Come on, give it up for Richard. Can you say something here? Thank you. <laughs> you can do this. Wow. He's got so much passion, hasn't he? <laughs> Um, hey, it's, uh, it's an honor to, to be asked to come and speak. Uh, when I said, what did I speak about? He said, journeying into his love. That's just me. I just, that's a beautiful story. 34 years ago, um, I decided to follow Jesus. Um, it was a heart decision and a mind decision. But in all honesty, I, I didn't love him, you know, and I, I didn't know his love. Um, I... Um, but what I didn't know then, I know now, was I had a deep hunger for love, a deep desire to be loved. Um, and like many of you, my, I, I hadn't experienced love before. I hadn't experienced it from my mum and dad. I hadn't experienced it from the world. Um, so I just didn't know what it looked like. So then for 30 years, um, I tried to earn love. Um, I tried to... Um, you know, heal myself. I uh, strive to uh, achieve, to be okay. Uh, you know, I did all the things that, you know, we've all done, haven't we? Um, but I still didn't know his love. You know, I still didn't know his love. And I still didn't know what love looked like. Um, and then, you know, I always thought I was going to succeed. I always thought I was going to make it. I always thought I had enough. But, you know, I found out that I didn't. You know, I didn't have enough. And I failed in so many areas and I hurt people. And, and uh, you know, financially I failed. And I had a lot of stress and strain in my life, more than, than you can really bear. So I had two choices. I could either um, give up. I could get angry. I could get resentful. I could blame. Or I could trust. And... Uh, I'm so thankful that I trusted. I, I walked with my friend Gideon and Catherine during those times. And you know how hard it was for me when I had those moments of not knowing, you know, what was going to happen tomorrow. Um, but as I made a commitment to trust God, um, something changed in me. And guess what happened? I started to have a peace and a rest that surpasses understanding. You know, I didn't worry anymore. I knew no matter what, I was going to be okay. No matter what happened, I was going to be okay. And I slept at night, and I didn't worry. And uh, and then something more beautiful happened. I learned to to pray and to to uh, to be loved. And uh, you know, God started to love me in such an intimate and beautiful way. It's about three years ago, and He hasn't stopped. And so it's like I got my first love. A man hungry for love for his whole life, hadn't seen it, didn't know what it looked like, um, learned to surrender and yield his heart. Um, and God came 
and he has just loved me so passionately, so deeply. You know, he's he's he looks he's looked looks at me. He holds my hand. He he continually says, "Come away with me." Um, I've learned what it's like to walk in the garden, uh, and uh, everything's changed. You know, when when this happened, uh, you know, everything changed. I changed. People that have known me for for some years, um, one of them, Gideon, has seen the change in me. Because um, he, I know his love. And as I know his love, what's happening is I'm becoming his love. And something's happening within me. You know, I'm changing uh, things, uh, sins and things that have bound me for years have, have fallen off. I've, uh, I've learned what victory looks like. Hope. Um, I mean, he means everything to me. You know, I'm very uncomplicated. He means everything for me. I just, my desire is for intimacy. Uh, once you've been touched by the Father, loved by the Father, and nothing will satisfy that. I mean, when I, I've learned to have a secret place, I get up in the morning and I pray. When I say I pray, I listen. I, I wait. I love I'm loved uh, and uh, when I experience that love be it for 10 seconds or 10 minutes or one hour it's like wow this is the most amazing thing I can't even explain it I've had a week to think about what I was going to say and I said like, how do I express this how do I express this love that I have and I go wow and then the next day when I come and pray and and it's 10 seconds or 10 minutes or one hour it's like, wow, this is just the best I've ever experienced. Um, and out of this love and this feeling of love, you know, I've just become a, wanting to love others and, uh, and I've just uh, wanted to do life with others. You know, it's, it's, uh, you can't do it alone. You just can't do it alone. And God doesn't want us to do it alone. Um, and so he... Has taught, taught me. He's not taught me. He's shown me. He's loving me, and I'm loving others. We've got a little group called Sons, which Gideon talked about, and it is so beautiful. There's five or six of the sons in the room today. We are going for God, you know, with such honesty, vulnerability, love, um, and the presence of God. It's amazing. It's just amazing. And I just love the sons, and they love me. I feel safe there. I feel loved. Um, and uh, as I've learned to be vulnerable, um, it hasn't um, squashed me. It's empowered me. It really has. So my prayer for you guys, even if it's just for one of you, is just let God love you. You know, stop striving. Striving is just surviving. We have to stop striving. Just learn to receive his love. It's very simple. He just wants to hold us. Very simple. You know, a lifetime of striving, lost everything. The second with my lover, gained everything. I love him. Wow, it's such a good word.
song. I used um, I, I've seen the change. You know, we, we've been friends for a long time. But the thing is, though, I, I've seen um, you know, the, the, this thing with you, and and it was very powerful. You were at the at the end of yourself. Yeah. What I like about you, though, is that even at the end of yourself, you were still very generous in your own character, which I really always appreciated about you. But then you put God in there, and everything changed in you. A radical, radical change. And um, like with the sun's thing, this thing is happening, and I'm changing, we're changing. Um, can you maybe pray for us? I'm, I'm going to finish with a prayer from Paul, which is really good in a minute. But maybe you can, because of what your experience, you know, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You prophesied over other people. And so we all, we all need these people. I, I've had also, I'm learning in that, I'm activating it all. And I wonder, sit still is really hard for me. But he's helping me to sit time now. And, you know, and, and, and honestly, I have time in my spa often. I said, I was in my spa. I just love, God love on me. I just love it. I change. So why don't you stand for a moment? And why don't you, why don't you pray for us? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I call you Lord because I love you. And I, I need you in my life. And your love is so beautiful. I, you know, I've, it is such a good feeling to yield at your feet and to surrender all. Lord, as we stand and as we think of you, Lord, we yield our hearts to you. We surrender and Lord, we ask to receive your love. No more striving, no more fighting. We surrender our hearts to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Come on, give it up for Richard. It's good to speak like this. You know, thank you. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. I just want to finish with one prayer. You can close, actually sit down because if you close your eyes, some people fall over. Because um, some of you I don't like, you know. And uh, I want to finish with a prayer in Ephesians. That's Paul. Paul had an experience like this too. And, um, and the thing is, he talks about in Ephesians, and he prays for the Ephesian church that, that they will be ravished by his love. He, that love would overflow. So maybe you want to close your eyes as I read through this. As it's just the word of God, and the word of God really will empower you. Also online, just relax for a moment and just close your eyes and just listen to the words of God through Paul. Ephesians 3.14, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within, Puku, within, you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And here is the line, guys, today. And the resting place of his love <laughs> sorry, will become the very source and root of your life. I'll say it again. 
and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences. That is the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measure that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to the overflowing with the fullness of God. Can I say that this is Christianity right there? That we, this extravagant love, would pour into us so we are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God, becoming God, becoming love like God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. And of course, what is the response? Praise. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Everything comes out of His presence. Everything comes out of His love. You and I will find our identity in the heart of the Father. Holy Spirit, reveal. Jesus, you said you revealed the Father to us. Father, reveal yourself to us by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, manifest yourself in such a beautiful way that we become the resting place of your love and that you will be the very source and root of our lives every day of our lives. And this will empower us for everything that we face, for everything that we need to do, we worship you, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm a child of God. Come on, say it together. I am a child of God. Say to yourself, I am a child of God. I am loved. I am cherished. And not because of what I've done. It's because, just because you love me. Unconditionally. And today, Lord, we receive this love. May it ravage our hearts. May it fill us to overflowing. And may we never be the same ever, ever again. Ever again.